0: gospel of our lord jesus christ according to luke glory to you lord christ jesus said to his disciples do not be afraid little flock for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom sell your possessions and give alms make purses for yourselves that do not wear out an unfailing treasure in heaven where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Be dressed for action, and have your lamps lit. Be like those who are waiting for their master to return from the wedding banquet, so that they may open the door for him as soon as he comes and knocks. Blessed are those slaves whom the master finds alert when he comes. Truly I tell you, I will fasten his belt and have them sit down to eat, and he will come and serve them. If he comes during the middle of the night or near dawn and finds them so, blessed are those slaves. But know this, if the owner of the house had known at what hour the thief was coming, he would not have let his house be broken into. You also must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. I have one very serious question to ask you all this morning. I've been away now for two years, approximately. How come you got younger and I didn't? (laughs) There must be some really good water up here in these mountains. It's so good to see you all. Those who I had the privilege of being with for several weeks or eight weeks or so, a couple years ago, and also to begin the process of meeting those who I've not met before. It is a privilege to be here today to um, fill in for this Sunday as your supply clergy. I um, think some of you know, and we will talk about a little bit more, I my plan is, and our plan is, to be here on somewhat longer time frame, so we'll talk about that in a bit. It's interesting to me this morning um, how many times we think the Episcopal Church is so set and everything's the same way, until you go somewhere different. <laughs> <laughs> and then you discover it's not nearly as set as you thought it was. Uh, most of you had the privilege, I think all of you except for uh, Jenny, had the privilege of not watching me trip over the step this morning. So um, I will be careful of those steps, not completely just Jeff, uh, but I uh, will be careful of those, as I know you all are. So if, you, if I look like I'm taking a couple extra moments, it's because I am. <laughs> um, We've had a lot going on in our lives, in our world this last week and the biggest cause of our concern had to do with some men and women who lost their lives over the last week or last weekend in El Paso and in Dayton. The youngest one was 15. The oldest was 90. They have names, names their parents gave them, names that, in many cases, the church gave them in baptism. They are people. They are fathers, mothers, wives. Husbands, aunts, uncles, all those places they took a part of, or all those things, they, those titles, they were. Not all of them, of course, were all of those, but together they were those things. As I said, they have names. Javier, Gloria. Angie, Paul and Mara, or Maria, Leo, Maribel, Louis, Alfonso, Juan, Arturo, Ivan, Alexander, Andre and Jordan, David, Adolph, and Sarah. George, Teresa, Elsa, Maria, Eugenia, Margie, Derek, Beatrice, Logan, Thomas, Lois, Megan, Monica, Sarid, Nicholas, Patrick, I have just read the names of those who have died and the names of those who did the shooting. Most of us hearing a list like this would not know which of these people were the deceased, victims, and which of the names were the shooters. What does that say? One thing it says is that they're all God's children. They're all God's children. This week for me, and I suspect for some of you, I've had to ask myself the question, is there any end to this? Is there any way, is there any manner of prevention that we could do to stop this evil, this horrendous evil, and the deaths of so many innocents? I was not preaching last weekend, so I had the opportunity to ponder it on my own for a week. And one of the things that first began to invade this notion of this, because the first thing you think I've thought of, I don't know about you and maybe some of you will share this with me, but one of the first things that I thought of and that came to my mind, I visualized is this big evil mess. This big cloud of evil that dropped down over El Paso and over Dayton and other places where such has happened. Then I heard the person on the radio say, think of this. There were two shooters. There have been hundreds, if not thousands, of rescuers, people who came to the aid of those that were shot, people who are helping to pay for funerals where there was no money for those funerals to be paid for, people who have watched over young children who both parents were killed. There were several couples amongst this group. So those families lost mama and daddy. One, was a young couple who was there to buy school supplies for their children. Other two couples were older, more our age. And if you know, if you are in that age, you know, most of us, even though we are older, our families still look to us; still want we ha- need our support and our love and our help. So just because these were grandparents or great grandparents, they will be deeply missed. God, where are you in this? Where are you in this? What mu- what can I have faith in? And then, it, as I said, it began to seep in. Two people killed. Thousands of people came to help. We have a choice as Christian people, as Christian men and women. Where will we look? There's no point in ignoring that two people took the lives of these others. But there is also no reason to ignore the goodness that has come forth to wrap itself around these people to help them, and I'm sure in these communities will continue to do that. Point being is our faith in a good God will not shaken because of two persons who succumb to evil. It's, a, it's what lens do we want to see the world with? I have clergy friends right now who are struggling because the only lens they see is the evil lens. And they cannot seem to move back out of that. They're hurting because with them, at least in one case I'm aware of, it's as if God has betrayed this person to allow this sort of thing to happen. Clergy have issues with faith just like everybody else does. I was so grateful to hear those words. Two shooters... Thousands of people who are coming to help and will continue to. What we learn from our lessons this morning is that faith, in its essence, it's a longing. It's a hunger. It's a desire. It's a desire for something better than. Our faith hungers for goodness, to see goodness, to be part of being goodness. We hunger for that. That's what we desire. We want a world that makes sense, not one that is upside down. One writer said that, in fact, we're all nomads, like Abraham. And I thought about that, and I thought, I don't know about that. Let me think that one about a little bit. But you know what I realized? No matter how long we've lived in one place, if it's five months or 50 years, we are nomads. Because, my friends, the world keeps changing around us. We may not move a house or move from town to town, But what we see and what happens in our lives and all of that keeps moving, keeps changing. And we are not unlike Abraham in that we have to be willing to move with it because we can't get stuck. We have to keep changing, keep changing. So we are nomads. And the no part of that traveling that we do is the traveling of people between this earth and the world to come. Do you remember the words of the Lord's Prayer? Our Father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come Thy will be done on earth as in heaven. Therein lies the hunger and the possibility. Because you see, my friends, you and I have a choice to make. Do we believe that our lives can have an impact somehow or other, big or small or in between, where we do things that make earth look more like heaven, where we take what is evil and will not let that defeat us so we go forth with good and love and caring and compassion. On earth as in heaven, that's our vocation but if we wanna be really warriors of faith, we have to believe we can make a difference. We have to believe that each of us in our own position right now are moving this world more toward looking like heaven, heaven on earth. Every time one of us forgives somebody, We've done something. Every time we help somebody who probably we didn't want to or maybe we didn't want to, but we did it anyway, and they're better off for it. We have brought heaven closer. Every meal that's carried, every flower that's picked and delivered, Go on and think of the things, not great, huge things. They don't have to be great, huge things. But if our faith is alive, if our faith is truly alive, then you and I can be those people that can be part of this great experiment. The experiment of making earth look more like heaven. Patrick and Connor did everything they could do eight days ago to make Earth look like hell. And friends and neighbors and strangers and co-shoppers said no. And they came and held hands and hugged And wiped up blood and carried people to hospitals and have watched over them since. So that even in the lives of those who are torn to their gut are feeling, sensing love. They are turning vision of earth more toward the vision of heaven. I do not want, and I beg you, even on this Sunday, don't stop trying. Don't ever stop trying. God has given us a gift, the gift of faith, the gift of love, and also, and perhaps most importantly, the gift of being a partner with God so that you and I can participate in making our earth look like the love of God. Amen.